down. Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You always think the League Cup, Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Cast. I'm, of course, your host, Chris McPherson, and today's episode, again, brought to you by our great friends at Newey Threads. I've uh, got a couple of guests on today, which is very exciting in the wake of some recent announcements about community sport. Uh, the first of those is Dave Wild, who is the New South Wales Rugby League Com- Competitions Administrator. Welcome to the show, Dave. Yeah, thanks, mate. Nice to be here. Thank you. And uh, the other is Keith Onslow, who is the manager for Newcastle Central Coast Regional Rugby League. Keith, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Chris. So, guys, there's uh, obviously been some big announcements in recent days that are going to have some serious impact on senior football. Uh, the announcement that senior community sport can resume from the 1st of July. Uh, I might start with you, Dave. How does that impact the local competitions from your viewpoint, obviously, apart from just the sheer fact of resumption? Well, I think uh, I probably share everyone's viewpoint when I say it's been a, a frustrating couple of months. I had a, an interview with you there uh, probably two months ago now and, uh, where I made certain bold predictions at the time which turned out to be completely incorrect as it turns out. But the, the world has changed a lot in that, uh, in that little period and uh, as far as yesterday goes, um, we've been waiting for that for, for some time. Um, we were hopeful it would come in the form that it did. Um, from a Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League perspective and, and you know, we're really excited. Uh, as a result of that, um, you know, we've tallied the clubs that are available to play um, for the remainder of the year. We've still got 64 teams at this point, which um, which we're really happy with and um, we're going to move forward with that. We've still got a really, really strong um, uh, number base in, in all three competitions. We didn't lose any in the ladies' league tag. Um, we've lost, I think, one in, in women's tackles and only probably four or five in, in the men's. So uh, so we're bearing in mind what's happened uh, across the sporting world in, in other um, formats, then we're really happy where we sit. Yeah, and Keith, obviously, on a, on a broader perspective, uh, it also means for the Central Coast competition that they'll have a likely resumption uh, in the not-too-distant future as well, as well as the um, Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League. Yeah, I think um, you know, everyone was excited with the announcement, certainly last week for the juniors and then... Uh, this week for the for the seniors uh, gives an opportunity for everyone to to, to move forward. You know, there's been plenty of plenty of planning. We've had plenty of time to plan. So uh, yeah, we're excited to get started. Um, you know, met the Central Coast seniors last night, the juniors last week, and they've been really positive all the way through it. So well, I'm very happy for them. And something obviously that a lot of people will be asking is saying that resumption date of the first of July. Now that's when they can resume training as opposed to playing, and that'll be the build-in for the seniors? Is that how it's going to work? Well, that's the, the full contact version. That's, yep. that's basically stage three of the uh, of the framework. Uh, at the moment, we're working with our clubs to uh, identify the COVID safe officer and get their safety plans, uh, the return to play safety plans, uh, up and running and, and approved so they can uh, get back into the, the non-contact version training their groups of 10 uh, in a formalised manner. Yeah, that's obviously something that in the current environment is going to be a serious consideration for a lot of the clubs and it's another, you know, on, on a very thinly stretched volunteer base around a lot of these clubs already, another addition that something else that will be um, having to be taken into consideration is how they address all those requirements that the government's going to have in place and do we have a framework as to exactly what that's going to look like at the moment or is that going to be rolled out in the near future? 
a final framework? Or well, in terms of what's going to be expected from obviously the training you're talking about there with the the ten people with the non-contact, do they have a framework for the next steps, or is that going to just be rolled out bit by bit? There, there's a framework in place yep. to to get everybody um, restarted, mm-hmm. um, and then from there on, we're obviously guided by the public health orders. Yeah, uh, as they evolve, and you know, as we keep seeing. Um, Everyone or the majority of people, the majority of society, are buying into doing the right thing, and you know, to where we were six weeks ago, to where we could be in six weeks when we actually start playing. Um, yeah, there's there's probably some great hope for the future. Yeah, and it's certainly going to represent a very different means. I guess we've seen with the NRL how much they've progressed already. So, we'll, as you say, six weeks' time could be very different depending on which ways we go. But the, the key thing, obviously, is the buy in. It's from the clubs in all competitions and just following those instructions. Well, yeah, uh, and, and that's going to be um, problematic to some extent, I suppose, but um, in, in light of what you said a moment ago, the, the volunteer aspect, probably more so in, in junior um, sport than senior sport, just because of the sheer number of teams um, that those clubs field. But um, but uh, it, it's, it's where we sit in the world at the moment. So um, it's just something we've got to comply with. Uh, like you just said a moment ago, and, and, and I'll take it a little bit further, um, you know, we've heard Peter Volandi speak only recently about the hope that, that they'll have full crowds um, at NRL games by the end of July, which, um, which we all might think sounds um, unrealistic, but then we all said about that, that about May 28 as well. So um, in light of, in, of recent... Um, communication of the disease, um, we're in a pretty good position than where we were you know, four or five weeks ago and I expect that in another four or five weeks, which is when we start, um, we'll be in a, a much better position again. So whether or not the frameworks that, um, that, that are in place right now are in place then is probably highly doubtful, and, um, and, and, but we're in a position where we've got to maintain um, what we're being directed at the moment and, um, and the directions that, that Keith has already outlined is where we sit and where we sit from a governmental point of view and what we're what we're being directed to do um so we'll sit with that and until we're told otherwise yeah and obviously newcastle and hunter community rugby league i know you guys issued the plan out to um the clubs some time ago again around this framework being released and dates being provided and it looks like that should still line up to an extent um and, and you'll be able to get away with a regular season that it won't overlap with the cricket season and then finals at rugby league specific grounds. No, and, and look, that's the case. We, we, were, we were fortunate enough to be given um, these tentative dates some time ago, um, which has worked out perfectly. And uh, and, and we've constructed we constructed our competitions um, around the dates that we were given, which was the first of July and the eighteenth of July. Um, that's where we sit still, and uh, and our competitions in terms of the numbers that we've got um, fit in pretty well with um, with those dates still. So um, we intend to run a regular season, as you'd be aware, until the 26th of September. That'll be round 10, and then a three-week semi-final series running into October. Now, normally that would... Um, well, it does run into the cricket season, obviously, but we're not going to impact on cricket itself as... Um, as as rugby league fields are ours effectively until the end of September, uh, our regular season will run on those cricket fields until the end of September. But the uh, the games in October will be on rectangular fields that are un- unrelated to cricket, so we'll have no impact. And I've had those discussions with cricket; they're aware of that. Yeah, that's obviously excellent news for everyone involved in both sports. Uh, I guess one of the other things that's been raised by a number of the clubs as well is there's going to be fallout obviously from clubs that can't participate and we know that they're quite limited at the moment I think we've seen probably two or three in terms of the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League Wyong's been quite publicised with the Central Coast that they're not going to field sides at this stage uh, how will 
player movement from those sorts of clubs be affected? We know there's quite often limitations in terms of bylaws and what can occur. Is there something thought out there or is that something that's still being addressed? Um, both. Um, there's, there's some discussions on that at the moment um, and uh, we're, t- we're talking about a permit system. Keith and I have been talking about it for some weeks now. We needed some clarity on uh, on exactly um, what competitions were running and how and, and even that hasn't been outlined categorically yet. Uh, we're probably a little bit in front of the pack as far as that goes. Um, but there's still others that um, that are still unsure about what their format will be. So um, until those things are formalised, we probably can't put anything absolutely categoric. That said, um, there will be some some interim rules um, that have been discussed as late as um, five minutes before we started this interview um, um, because of the ever-evolving situation that we find ourselves in um, those situations themselves are ever evolving so we've got to um, we've got to put in parameters which um, not only protect the clubs that are playing but as you mentioned protect the clubs that aren't and um, and I'm not going to I'm not going to nominate the clubs specifically that are pulled out because I still hold out some hope that they might now that there's been a formal announcement might actually um, reintroduce themselves but um, um, but should they not then yeah, we need to look at um, at avenues with which we can, um, I suppose, protect them um, for 2021 in terms of player movement and um, and and come come the early stages of next year. It'll be really important to get those sides. A couple of them who are you know, fairly big clubs, um, historical clubs, um, and we obviously want to keep them alive. So um, so we'll have to put in implement some sort of um, protocols to uh, to protect them down the track. So I guess if there's clubs and players that are involved in that situation, they're looking at it now, the best bet is probably for the time being to try and communicate as early as they can with you guys so that you can, I guess, advise once a decision's made around which path is the best one for them to take. Absolutely. I've, I've been advising clubs um, to get on to the player registration as quick as they possibly can. I mean, we had pretty good numbers prior to the COVID and, and, and obviously it stalled from that point. Uh, it's starting to ramp up again now, but... Um, um, but we are, uh, and I keep saying this. It seems like we're a long way away, but we're only really five weeks away from kicking off the comp, and there's there's a lot to do between now and then. Um, and from from a competition perspective, one of the one of the more and I'll, I'll probably just digress just a moment, but one of the more important things from this competition being promotion relegation is um, is um, the grading aspect, and and it's a problem year after year after year, and. We look at, um, when I say we, uh, the competition committee and myself, um, look at the, um, the player movement um, aspect in an attempt to get the grading right. Now, that's um, that's problematic at the best of times. It's going to be highly problematic this year because of the, um, the, the players in, players out. Even the players that were in come, come early March. A lot of them are now out and, and replaced by other players, so that's going to strengthen some teams. It's going to weaken others. And, and we've got to try and work out a formula to um, to put those those teams into competitions that are commensurate to their ability, which, um, you know, as I said earlier, is, is a really hard um, concept at the best of times. And, and we're presented with a, a raft of, of unusual circumstances now which make it significantly harder. So um, that's why it's so important um, from a competition perspective that that some of these clubs, and I, I, I would only, I would say most of them have been fairly proactive, but there's still some that I think are still waiting because they're probably not sure. Uh, let me say right now, and I've said it from the start, that if there is a competition, um, if there is enough teams to play in a competition and we're physically able to do it, then there will be one. So, um, so I can't stress that um, enough that uh, if if you have a team and you want to play, you will get a game. Um, so please get your team organised.
Yeah, so now, now is the time to act, as you say, that otherwise if you leave it a little bit longer, that five weeks will very quickly be upon us uh, in terms of resumption. And, and we talk about teams you know, withdrawing from competitions and, and Keith, you, as you said, oversee Central Coast as well. How's been the impact and I guess the feedback? Why obviously probably the most public announcement in terms of not competing one of the powerhouses of Central Coast Rugby League. How will that affect the competition there? And I guess what's Wyong's obviously intending to come back in 2021 and resume, but what's the impact there for the Central Coast competition from your viewpoint? Oh, look, as I said earlier, the, the reaction from the Central Coast clubs and the leagues itself has been really positive. Um, they, they're very respectful of, of the Wyong Group's situation um, in terms of their, their business model. And um, you know, there there will be players. I think Dave probably summed it up really well in terms of player movement and that that those things are going to occur on the central case. Uh, we're looking at some mechanisms that could probably flow across well the region in terms of uh, of regulating player numbers into into different clubs uh, in the short term basis and how that will affect the the, the long term future. But as I said, you know, they've been really positive. One thing about um, you know. Situations like like Wyong and, and and other clubs dropping out, it creates an opportunity for somebody else, and that's been the the general feedback that I've got from from most areas is that well, if they're not going to play, whether they be individuals or clubs, that creates an opportunity for somebody else. In saying that, uh, and I think Wiley summed it up really good at the end there. We've been really respectful in terms of uh, you know individuals and clubs' position in terms of you know if if you can't play, then you know, there's we understand that position we, uh, and we respect that position, but uh, anybody who can play and wants to play, then we'll devise a competition model that you can play in. Now, what that will look like at the end of the day, giving all the, uh, the connotations of, of, of all the, the groups around the place, we don't know. But um, there, are, there are going to be numerous opportunities to create, uh, or for, for individuals, there's going to be numerous opportunities to create different models for for people to participate, and I think you know that's that that's a bit exciting. Yeah, I certainly think there's plenty of opportunities to say, and it's great that that is the key message coming out. And I think it's been certainly dealing with Dave along the way too. It's been the key message conveyed since you know day one of the, the you know the cease, the cease of activity is that there'll be an opportunity there, and also balancing that with the factor as you both allude to of protecting those clubs who, for whatever reason, feel they can't field a side this year. We obviously want to be welcoming all of them back in 2021 and continuing the growth of the game. So I think that's a really good, um, I guess, approach in terms of the, the communal message coming out here. The other thing that a lot of people are talking about in terms of concerns is around, uh, I guess, costs. Um, and I know from communications from you, Dave, that other parties that are involved, other stakeholders, the referees and even the executive are looking at ways to try and support clubs. Um, how do we see, in terms of the financial aspect of it, the approaches you can take to support clubs that are sort of, you know, might be in a struggling position. We know a lot of, especially the Newcastle and Hunter clubs, their main sponsor and main supporter are generally hospitality venues and some of those aren't as flush as they might normally be. Yeah, and that, look, that's a really good question, a really good point and, and one um, that we've been discussing for a period of time. Um, the difficulty that we've had uh, in the last few weeks is the uncertainty of the competition itself. And now that there's some some. Um, some certainty about that, we can move forward. And, and you're right, there's been some discussion on um, on things like uh, referees fees, um, council fees, uh, insurance levies, and um, and none of those have been able to be finalised up until now because we just haven't had, as I said, any certainty in, into the structure of... And not just this competition, I'm talking about competition statewide. Um, the insurance levies and obviously the council, um, council fees... Um, 
were relevant to that. Um, the referees' fees is a local issue, but but they themselves wanted to know exactly what was happening, which is fair enough, um, and we understand that. So now that we've got some um, some certainty there, um, without giving too much away, um, there's been some some correspondence with with council already um, after yesterday. Um, Keith, I, and, and some other New South Wales staff had a had a meeting recently with the um, the referees association. Um, <clears throat> that was very progressive, I would describe it as, um, but again, no certainty until we knew what was happening. Um, I think those discussions, I think it's fair to say they'll be ongoing in the coming days and, uh, and then we'll get some, um, some, some guarantees there. Um, from a competition perspective, and, and, and again, this has been problematic uh, for slightly different reasons because um, you know, we've offered a position where we're going to assist the clubs financially, um, but we needed some certainty and on... Um, crowds, uh, and and that was going to be relevant to the season itself too, in terms of their own um, revenue capacity. But uh, but from the competition's perspective, and and you would be aware of this, a, a significant part of our um of our revenue base over the course of any any season is is what's made over the final series. Now, um, with the the concept of or prospect of um, of having no crowds, that was going to be highly limited. Now now bearing in mind the revelations of the last probably forty eight to seventy two hours of um, of one, the, the, the better, um, or the lower transmission um, of, the, of the virus um, to the to the Volandis, and I mentioned it early comment that uh, they're hoping to have crowds by the end of July. Um, well, that coincides with the start of our competition, so uh, so obviously that should it it come to pass, and I have no reason to suspect he's he's privy to to to, um, to higher level information than me. Um, I have no reason to, to think that at this point that won't happen. So if that's the case, we'll have crowds hopefully from week one, um, which uh, which flows into a semi-final series in October. And bearing in mind too, um, uh, as it currently stands, our, our final series um, locally, there'll be no other sport. Um, well, cricket will have started, but um, but no other sport in the finalisation of its uh, of its season, and that includes um, all the codes. So. Uh, um, so we're in a position, a really unique position, and it's a really exciting opportunity and um, to use that three weeks to really promote the, the code locally and, and the competition locally. And, and we're hopeful that, that those three weeks should have pan out the way that I hope and the weather's good and and and, um, and, and everyone gets behind it, then, uh, then that's going to be you know, very possibly our most successful final series. Now, that will flow directly back, getting back to your question... Um, will flow directly back to the clubs themselves because um, any... Um, and I won't go into specific um, amounts, but um, but there's certainly been discussion at committee level um, as to what um, amount of, um, of, that, of that taking would go back into uh, some form of, of, um, of benefit to the clubs and it'll be a significant... It would be a significant amount and it would be a great assistance to the clubs on top of the... The benefits that we expect that they'll get through council referees and uh, and insurance levies, the, the general costing of of running a club, we suspect, well, we know, will be significantly lower than, than what it would normally normally would be, and uh, and uh, part of that's relevant to the fact that it's a shortened season too. So um, yeah, you would normally have seven or eight home games. You're only going to have five at the most, and uh, um, and and I'm aware too that um, that the forecast for the winter isn't fantastic, um, so we're probably resigned to the fact that we've gone the last two seasons and haven't lost a game through wet weather. Um, yeah, we're probably not going to be as fortunate um, 
on the balance of probabilities are probably not going to be that fortunate this year. So, um, so we've we're aware that um, that that might impact on on some clubs' revenue capacity too. So, uh, so we're going to do everything we can, and, and it goes back to what you said: every club that whether they play or do not play in in twenty twenty, we've got to make sure that that club, should they wish to play in twenty twenty one, is is um, viably sustainable um, economically and 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 on a player base to get on the field. Yeah, no, and I think that's uh, 100% the message that I've taken out of any conversations I've had with you and certainly seems to be what the clubs are getting as well is that at the end of the day, the leagues are very focused on their survival in the long term, whichever way that goes about, and, and all of the other stakeholders, by the sound of it, are invested in making sure the rugby league continues you know, better and stronger in 2020 and then 2021. So I think overall it's a really positive attitude and obviously really positive news that's come out yesterday. So... We look forward to the competitions resuming uh, in the not-too-distant future, only a few weeks away. I know you two guys will be very busy for the next few weeks, undoubtedly, especially the next couple of days, getting some of those uh, decisions made in the coming weeks. And uh, I wish you the best with that. I thank you for your time today. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you at the footy in the not-too-distant future. Look forward to it. I'll yep. buy you a beer. Can't, can't wait for it to start. Thanks. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Leadcast, Newcastle Hunters, home rugby league.